welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I am privileged today to have my guest uh, who has a great Instagram account you should follow by the name of Debt Free Kiwi Girl. She uh, got herself into quite a bit of debt and has managed to pay most of it off. It is quite an inspiring tale. Um, I'd like to welcome Tracy Hemingway. How are you doing, Tracy? Yeah, good. Hi, good. guys. Really excited to be here today. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> no problem. So I suppose the, the most obvious question is, <laughs> how in the hell did you get into $94,000, was it, worth of debt? Yeah, $94,248 of consumer debt sitting on 20% interest. Oh, my gosh. Um, so a little bit of backstory. Uh, so when I, I went to university, when I left high school, when I was 17, I was there for a year. Um, and then the opportunity came up for me to own my own business. So I said yes and took it on, signed on. I was 18 at the time, so I was really stupid. <laughs> I think we all are when we're 18. Yeah. We do yeah. stupid stuff. So you take that immaturity and put it into a business um, perspective. But the thing is, is I was really, really passionate about my business. Um, I was really passionate about helping the kids. I wasn't making a profit, um, so I had to live somehow. The other thing I was really good at, it was uh, getting people to give me money, <laughs> like credit. <laughs> how do you, so, <laughs> and how do you, how do you do that? I just sold, I sold the story. I sold, so I used to own an American style cheerleading franchise. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I used to coach kids. I started off with a gym in Hamilton and I grew it. I had a gym in Hamilton, one in Tauranga, one in Rotorua and one in Cambridge. So I had about 500 kids across the four locations and about 16 staff under me. Um, so I used that to obviously get the credit. So I bought the kids like a sprung floor and I signed for it. Um, we did, we took teams to Hawaii, we took teams to Los Angeles, we took teams to Australia, um, got some really good results out of it. Yeah, so it just, I was really, really passionate about helping these kids and I was really, really passionate about what I was doing. Um, unfortunately, the franchisor wasn't very helpful. Uh, she didn't give me any business advice. So I I had a year of accounting university under my belt and I thought that was enough. Um, so before I knew it, well, not before I knew it, I think I knew I was in trouble for a little while um, and I just kept ignoring it. I'm like, oh, I'll make the money, I'll make the money. Um, but the business model was terrible. Like there was no way I was going to make enough to live and pay off everything that I needed to get it started. I had no capital when I started. I just signed a piece of paper and away I went. <laughs> Did you seek any advice from anyone before no. you signed that agreement? None. Um, so I didn't sign the agreement, so that's really important okay. to remember. Um, that'll come later in the story. So I didn't yeah. sign the agreement, but I signed up to like do it. So I didn't seek any advice straight off the bat, nothing. I literally got a phone call. It was the 23rd of December, 2010, saying, so I already worked for the lady that owned the franchise in Hamilton. Um, so the franchisor rang me and said her franchise contract is up. She's broken 19 of the 21 clauses. Do you want to take on the business? And I just said, yes. I just said, yes. Like <laughs> You just said yes without even yes. really investigating it. <laughs> Just because you were passionate about it, I yes, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cheerleading, I, I had quite a hard upbringing. Um, I spent a bit of time in and out of foster care. So cheerleading is what got me through my childhood. So I was really passionate about helping other kids, um, creating a safe environment and something that they can go to um, when they're going through a tough time. Yeah. So that was the whole pretense behind the cheerleading. 
because uh, I wasn't aware that cheerleading was that big in New Zealand. Massive. It is? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just totally ignorant then. Yeah. In 2014, um, New Zealand, uh, our team New Zealand, both all-girl and co-ed actually were first in the world in Level 5 ICU cheerleading championships. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's huge. We, the team I took to Hawaii came back with se- second place. Oh, that's cool. So, so when the business <laughs> fell through, did you get a lot of uh, angry parents well, no. So, so how the closure of the business came about was I found out I had a tumor in my throat. Um, so what type of tumor? Uh, it was in my thyroid. Oh. Yeah. So I had to make a decision that I was no longer going to work thirteen hours a day, seven seven days a week, um, for this business. So I went to a business advisor, and that's when he sat down, and he made me write down all the figures. So that was my wake-up call. That was my slap in the face. Um, I was very fortunate that when I liquidated down, I didn't have as many angry people because they all thought it was a health thing. Um, so I was very private about the financial issues. I It's not been until the last couple of months that I've actually been quite public about it. Um, my debt-free Instagram, for example, doesn't even have my name on it yet. Um, so what made you want to come out public with it? Because if I can tell my story and help one other person, the amount of people that I open up to and they tell me things and they go, I didn't think you could do that. I didn't think we could do that. If I could just help one other person, then it's worth it Yeah. at the end of the day. Totally. I love helping people. I mean, that's how I got into the mess in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's actually, it doesn't um, surprise me too much in terms of, because I've heard so many stories about people in debt. I know so many people that have spent money on things that they shouldn't have. And I think a lot of young people actually struggle with it. Yeah. Particularly in this day and age with social media. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is that I was trying to live. So um, cheerleading was a very expensive sport. So the kids that I was coaching and their parents um, drove the Flash's cars. So I wanted to drive the Flash's car to show that I could fit in. Um, they wore all the Nike and Lorna Jane and... Adidas gear. So I wanted to wear all the Lorna Jane and Nike and Adidas gear. That you know, like it just snowboard. Like I, I sat down and worked out about a year ago. In the two years that I lived in Rotorua, I spent ten thousand dollars to ten thousand two hundred and forty dollars on Starbucks in two years. Ten thousand dollars <laughs> on, on Starbucks. Starbucks. Yes. Actually, <laughs> I could imagine there'd be people I know who probably spend that much. On coffee, right? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think if, if people sat down, because I'm sure there's people that buy coffee once a day or yep. a couple of times a day, and if they work that out over a year. So if you think about like Starbucks, so I used to get the, the biggest, fanciest one or whatever. So it was $7.90, and sometimes I'd be getting two a day. Oh, and I didn't need it. I just, I thought I did, because, you know, that's what, that's what you do. You're well, that up. is, yeah, well, it's like a normalization thing. And yeah. if everyone else is doing it, then you do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, acrylic nails, I used to get my acrylic nails done. So, it was 60 bucks every two weeks. Is that how much acrylic nails cost? Yeah. <laughs> I used to get them like fancy designed and everything. Oh, my God. So, I was, what's it, keeping up with the Joneses? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was doing a lot of that as well. So, I, d- I wasn't getting the money in, but I was, I was spending it. I was spending it quite a bit of it. As did you well. did you ever um, confide in anyone about money troubles at any point during the way? No, my partner at the time, um, we were together three and a half years while I owned the gym. He, even he didn't know. 
You didn't know. Mm-mm. You kept it undercover. Yeah, the whole thing. Was there any point where you're like, mm, maybe I should stop doing this? Or was it just more... Uh, there was. Um, so I quit smoking to pay for my car. Um, How much did you spend on your car? $26,000. <gasps> so I quit smoking and I paid for the car. And then um, the kids needed a new two new strips on the sprung floor. So I refinanced my car to pay for the equipment. And I remember thinking I probably shouldn't be doing this. But there was a lot of pressure. Um, I was quite young. I still, I was what? 21 at the time or 22 and um the parents of the athletes were like oh well you know Auckland's got nine strips of sprung floor and we've only got three and there was I felt a lot of pressure to be perfect and a lot of pressure to have all these extra things for the kids um so yeah I did make decisions that I probably shouldn't have um and there were times I remember sitting with my accountant my accountant is the most amazing lady. I remember sitting with her at one point and she actually physically hit me on the head with the um, like balance sheet that she was trying to show me. And she was like, you need, like, you need to increase class numbers. You can't keep spending this money. Did the kids ever come to you and say, we want more stuff? All the time. All the time. Every <laughs> single class. And the parents, and they were so overbearing about it as well. Oh, man. Oh, I can't even imagine the pressure that must have been. Think dance mums times 500. <laughs> like, oh my god and not only that but the staff the staff that I had like these these don't get me wrong the, the kids were great um, the parents were a bit of a headache but mostly they were supportive sometimes um, the staff that I had even they would come and be like I need to teach you know Susie a back walkover but I need this piece of equipment and I need that and it, it's just a business acumen is something that I definitely think they should teach in schools because then you get an understanding totally of how businesses work and why you can't just shell out money left, right and centre. And I felt that a lot of people around me didn't understand that even though it, the money, because they just saw it as an expensive sport. They're like, she's getting all this money. Not realising that my building was nearly 40 grand a year plus GST. Like the running cost is wages. Have you ever had to try and pay somebody? It's ridiculous. Even And that was before minimum wage was so high. Oh my gosh. That's that's crazy. It's insane. And it's a lot for a 20-year-old or 18. I started when I was 18. I left when I was 23. So it's a lot for somebody that age to try and deal with. How how um, how much staff did you have? 16. 16. Oh, well, okay. That's quite yeah. a bit. So I managed 16 staff and they were all under 20. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. That must have been so hard when you had to put the nail in the coffin with that. Um. No, look, the last six months um, of it, there was a lot of poison in the gym. So the kids were treating me really badly. My uh, most my long term staff member who also was supposed to be my friend at the time went behind my back and um, like wrote this list of emails. I just felt very attacked. She like wrote this email about all these things that I was doing wrong in my life and she sent it to like the franchisor and all these parents. Um, there was quite a few things that happened that at the end I, I knew what I was doing by liquidating down was the best thing for me. And sometimes in your life there comes a point where, yes, I love helping people, 
and yes, I absolutely loved it, but it was killing me. Like it was actually killing me. I was I was in hospital with stomach ulcers, um, all sorts over that time. So probably due to stress, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. And then also like when I had the when I found out I had the tumor in my throat, I was like, there's so much I want to do with my life. I'm so young. Um, but I couldn't do that while I had a business. So it had to go. It just had to go. So with the with the tumor, what did the what did the doctors say in regards to the tumor? They'd say, oh, you need to get this removed ASAP. Yeah, yeah. Yep. so it was growing. Um, so it grew 75% in four months to the point where it was like starting to protrude out of my throat. So could you talk at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and everything. So it was only very slightly pressing on my vocal cord, so it was fine. Um, but yeah, it, it had to come out. So oh, by the, when, they, when they told me it had to come out, I had surgery six weeks later. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy to me to um, to think the type of pressure that we had when we were younger. Although I'm a bit older than you, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but even worse these days with social media, yeah. like with kids having to face, you know, going to uni and then mm-hmm. house prices and things. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, there's this constant pressure to always keep up with the status or the the image of today and social media obviously just compounds the issue absolutely you open instagram and all you can see is adverts for the latest clothes um you know victoria's secret models doing what 80 90 bras like well who needs a 90 bra like what do you who's no one's gonna see it yeah <laughs> like, well except well, the yeah. guy you know yeah. <laughs> um well maybe maybe <laughs> if he's lucky yeah. and um you you just and if you've got to have the latest BMW and you've got to, and it doesn't help that celebrities, like people idolize their celebrities and these Insta models. Or yeah, yeah. What, what are they called these days? Like, oh, Insta influencers. Or... Influencers, that's the one. Yeah. Um, you know, they, are you kidding? Like, they have the richest families, like the Kardashians, for example, they grew up rich, you know, they, so they can buy these things, but every, not everybody is in that top rich bracket, but that's where they want to be. And it's also comparing image to something that not necessarily even exists. Yeah. So with, you know, with Instagram and or even when you take a photo, you can put all these filters on it, you know, and then um, people look at it. Um, obviously, it would be much worse for females because there's a lot more pressure on them than males. But even males have it bad in terms of just like, oh, I have to look like this. Mm-hmm. Have to look and like I've got this. to go to that party and I've got to be at that nightclub and I've got to do that thing and I've got to all the time. There, um, There's actually a post on my Instagram. Um, so I, I used to be terrible. I was terrible. There's a post on my Instagram from about six months ago and it was me two years ago or three years ago and it was me holding a Starbucks cup with my freshly acrylic nails and all my jewellery and it was like from then to today, and I, like if you swipe across, it's me with a little smiley face mug with my instant coffee that I made at home with bare nails. Like it's just, I was here. So I, I had the BMW, you know, I had the all the looks, I had the hair done all the time, the makeup done, I had all the clothes. But behind closed doors, I was struggling. Like I yeah. was really, really struggling. There's a lot of people like that. I think cars is the worst one. Oh, I know absolutely. so many people who have wasted money on cars oh. because people don't. What you should actually do is you buy the house first, then the car. Absolutely. But people, but people buy the car first and then the house. And not only that, they're spending like large amounts. I mean, one of my good mates he bought a um, a Falcon, and 
he spent like $32,000 on it. I do. I go, dude, what the hell, man? Why did you spend $32,000 on a car? And he's like, oh, it's an investment, bro. I'm yeah. like, how is that an investment? I mean, cars are depreciating assets. So, but people get caught up in it, you know, because probably watch too many Fast and Furious movies or something. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Me, for me, I mean, I do have some regrets about buying my fancy car, especially now I'm trying to sell it and, and failing quite badly. Um, however, it did stop me from quitting, like it did stop me from smoking. So I quit smoking to pay for that car. Okay, well, that's good. At yeah. least you can spin a negative into a positive. Well, exactly. So, so that's a good so, thing. If you can do that, then it, it's not a totally waste of time. No. Um, I've probably now spent more on it than I have saved. Because would you got it on finance, I suppose. Well, I had to refinance car. it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because so I, was... I know a lot of people who buy cars, they usually, they don't pay it in cash. No. They usually get it on finance. So you've got to add the interest. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. people don't consider. And, 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 you know, when it might be, oh, two years interest free. And then, yeah. and then it gets to two years and it's like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. now I've got to pay. Now I've got to pay yeah. the interest, yeah. Because most people don't budget that far ahead. No. Most people. <laughs> most people. <laughs> um. But yeah, so my my car helped me quit smoking. So I smoked for ten years and I quit cold turkey because I wanted to buy a nice car. That's good because some people can't do that. No, they can't quit cold yeah. turkey. So how many how many how many were you smoking a day? A pack a day, a pack of red twenty five red B and H a day. And how how long ago was that? That was how. Uh, so I started smoking when I was thirteen and I quit when I was twenty three. Because obviously every year in January it goes up. How much? What's the percentage it goes up by? I have no idea. So, but back then I found my app because I had an app to track how much money I was saving by not smoking. That was my motivation. Um, so I had a look at back at my app and I was paying $26.10 for a pack of 25. And one of the ladies at work just bought a pack of B&H and they were like 32 like <laughs> something. So it's, it's so crazy. expensive, man. It's, it's such, such an expensive, expensive habit. Yeah. It's, oh. But yeah. the thing is. I'm lucky I didn't get caught into it. Yeah. I can hands down say it is hard to quit. It is not easy. All the people that go, just quit smoking. It's really hard. Probably people who say that have probably never been never, addicted never to anything smoked. in their life. I will yeah. admit that I've actually said that to people. I'm just like, just quit, man. Just quit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's I am really guilty of that. Easy. I'm preaching to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so. How did you get into the budgeting side of it? Because obviously when you decide you want you need to pay off all this debt, how yeah. did you go about setting Okay, so so let me just let me just get into um so I'll, I'll just paint a picture. Um this gets quite emotional. So at the time you so you got to think everything I've worked towards for the last 6 years is crumbling around me. Yeah. Um I've just I just had had surgery to have the tumor removed from my throat. Um so I was pretty, you know, screwed. My, my boyfriend at the time had moved out while I was away having surgery, so I came home to an empty house as well. Um, so I had no more gym, no more of that happiness. My tumour had been removed, um, which I guess you could say is a good thing, but you feel, feel pretty crap after surgery. Yeah, you would do. My boyfriend, who was my support system, had moved out. I literally had I had all this debt. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. I was literally on the brink of bankruptcy. Um, so... The 11th of December, I'll never forget, the 11th of December, oh, and that's it, I was starting a brand new job as well, so my first ever full-time job, my first ever time having a boss and, like, having to actually get up and go to work, because I'd worked for myself that whole time. Yeah, that could be a hard adjustment. <laughs> it was very hard, and I was still, so I was working 7.30 to 4 at um, the current place I'm at now, but I also was coaching from 5 till 9 at night. 
um, because I couldn't just shut the doors in September when I decided I had to set out till December. So it was the 11th of December, 2016. I was at the gym. We were folding away all the equipment and everything. I just had the last prize giving. Um, so all of these things, I, like my mental state, I couldn't, I couldn't explain to you how rock bottom I was feeling. Like I, my, my current mental state was absolute rubbish. At that time, my landlord came up and evicted me from a house as oh, well. Oh, no. <laughs> So the 13th of December, 2016, I went and saw an insolvency officer to go bankrupt. I was, I was going to go bankrupt. I, I was convinced that there was no way out of this. Um, I'd been told by two business advisors and an accountant that it, it was just not going to be worth it to try and dig out of it. Um, so basically give up. So now this, this part, I've heard conflicting views, but I can only go off what happened at the time. So I, Went to the insolvency officer, picked up all the papers. Um, obviously, I was pretty distraught. And on it, it said that for me to go bankrupt, I have to give up all luxury items, including any pets. My dog was the only reason I was getting out of bed in the morning. So most people have children. I have a dog. And yep. um, so her name's Teddy. So Teddy was literally, I got home and I saw Teddy's face and I rang my mom and I said, I, I'm not giving this up. Like, I, I need to find a way out of this. I need to find a way through this. Um, I can't, I can't give her up. Like, uh, my mental state just. Teddy was all you had. Yeah. yeah. That, that was it. That, that was all I had. So then I. <laughs> I did what Tracy does best, and I went to a library. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I love reading. Um, I grew up without TV, so I grew up reading. Um, and I got every book under the sun on budgeting and financial advice out. So the next day, I went and got myself a second job. So I was working three jobs at the time. What, what were the jobs? Um, so I was working in sales. I was an account manager at Office Max during the day. And then three nights a week from six till midnight, I would go and clean office buildings in town. Um, and then I was also gift wrapping Christmas presents for two days on the weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, I've just got my figures here. So um, back then, my my minimum repayments a month on all that debt was $3,426. My income just from Office Max on my base salary after tax was $2 more than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Far out. So I had 11 loans. Yeah. Well, so I had the I had a personal loan and then I had the student loan, the car loan and seven credit cards. Seven credit cards. Yeah, all maxed, completely maxed out. So what made you get to seven credit cards? I just kept signing up. You can sign up for different banks. And do you know what's terrible? I hate it how banks do this. I'm really really angry. Um they just increase the credit limit. They just give you more. If you have well, it benefits them. You see, they love yeah. people to be paying off interest because they make money off it. Yeah, that's exactly. how they get you. They want to increase your limit. I mean, I've got an email saying, "Hey, we want to increase your limit." I'm like, "Nope." Yeah, so don't I, want it. I didn't say no. That's where I got stuck. So um, I, I remember going to ASB. So that's who my most like my accounts were with at the time, and the biggest credit card was with them. And I took all the paperwork and I went to try and negotiate a better interest rate deal 
Um, and I'll never forget the guy behind the counter and I can't wait to go back and see him one day. And he literally said to me, you're never going to be able to do this. Um, you might as well just go bankrupt and give up. Oh, so now the yeah. reason that none of the banks could give me a better credit card or give me any leniency is because I have a perfect repayment history. So because I never missed a payment, they couldn't help me. So what? Yes, exactly. So if you call their retention teams or their risk teams or anything, they would look at my file and say, you've never missed a payment in your life we can't help you. So for me to get help or reduce um, interest rate or anything, I would have had to miss a payment, get the $25 fee, all that jazz, and then they would consider helping. That's stupid. It is so ridiculous. So did you did you do that? Did you miss a payment just so they could help you? No, because it ruins your credit score. Oh, yeah, of course. Straight off the bat. But that's so dumb. I, should get, I, I want to get a bank manager on here now. <laughs> <laughs> and ask them because yeah, like, like, that's a stupid rule that is honestly a stupid rule I went with everything like I had all the paperwork I was crying at the counter you imagine me standing in Tiawa ASB just bawling my eyes out with all this paperwork and the guy's like we cannot help you we cannot do anything we cannot help you did you just speak to one person or did you no. try and go up to... I spoke you know, to about four. Four people and yeah. they all said the same thing yeah and it was the same at BNZ it was the same at Westpac as well they're like, your credit score is amazing. You have a perfect repayment history. I wonder why that is. There must be some weird the... reason why why they have that rule. That's so weird. Yeah. I. So then, okay, so after that, then, then what happened? Okay, so then I learnt the art of balance transfers. Balance transfers, <laughs> Okay. There, I already know there's going to be some people who are going to be like, what's that? Yeah. So um, you do you mind explaining for the listeners and viewers what that is? Sure. So a balance transfer is something that a bank offers with a promotional interest rate. So you can transfer the balance from X credit card to Z credit card and only pay like 1% interest or 0% interest for 12 months. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of my minimum repayments were interest. Mm. Mm. So I needed to get that down to make any headway. So um, if I look at my 2017 budget, just to give you an idea of how much interest. So in December 20, oh, November 2016 was my highest interest payment. It was $658.44, not including the car loan or personal loan. So if you add those two on, so that would have been an extra two hundred. So it was nearly a thousand dollars in interest in one month. Man, that's a killer. Yeah. That's so a killer I was, amount. I wasn't going to go anywhere. It's like being sinking and trying to get out with a teaspoon. Quicksand. Yeah. yeah. So I learned the art of balance transfers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I duped all these banks that had given me the credit in the first place. So um, the first thing I did was transfer off. One of the, I'm just looking, I transferred off one of the credit cards first. Um, so I reduced the credit limit on my lowest interest credit card. Increased, sorry, the credit limit there. So so I'd been to the bank to tell them I was in so much trouble and they still gave me increased credit limits. Like, I don't understand. Didn't you, didn't you press them and be like, why are you giving me more increased limits? 
Well, no, because it helped me with my balance transfer, so it didn't matter at the time. Okay, yeah, I yeah. suppose that's true. So I increased that one, balance transferred off um, one of the company credit cards, closed that credit card down. So we're down to six credit cards. And then in April, um, I'd paid off enough of another credit card so that I could balance transfer again and get 0%. So to give you an indication, my interest just by balance transferring two credit cards, so about 10 grand off those cards onto promotional, my interest went from 623 to 489 Okay. on credit cards. Yeah. So it's, it's not awesome, but... <laughs> Well, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something is better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because um, as all good business people know, or even not good, but like it's common knowledge, to get anywhere financially, you've either got to increase your income or decrease your expenses. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty straightforward. That's it. But you'd be surprised how many people don't get that. Uh, well, yeah. Now, now I know. But <laughs> well, for... you you wouldn't be the only one. There's, there's heaps of people I know who are terrible with money. Yeah. Yeah. Just... But. People I speak to, I'm like, and you don't just understand that. Don't understand that that whole that increase whole thing. one or yeah. decrease the other. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I started. So I, I very first started with balance transfers. So by the end of 2017, I had a five credit cards, student loan, and car loan left. So I went from eleven to seven. Okay, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Getting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was pretty good. So to get on to budgeting, so I did that. So I started decreasing expenses over there. Um, the other thing that I did was obviously look at a budget. So the first thing I learned about was sinking funds. And these saved my life. So I'll explain a little bit more about that because I'd never heard the concept before. So sinking funds are basically, you know, when you get to Christmas and people go, oh, it's such a hard time of year. Even though like Christmas doesn't sneak up on you. It's the same day. Every, every year. Every year. And it's the same um, school fees. Like I used to have a lot of cheerleaders that were like, oh, you know, it's school expenses. We can't pay, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, it's such an expensive time of year. Mm. It happens same time every, every year. year. And yet people don't budget for it. And no. So sinking funds. So I have sinking funds currently for... Everything I do. So all my dog expenses, car expenses, activities, because those are really important, um, and miscellaneous like, um, you know, Spotify and all that kind of stuff. So I work out how much it's going to cost me over the year. So I get paid monthly, so my budget's done on a month. So I work out how much it's going to cost me on a year, and I just divide that into 12 equal payments. As soon as my money hits my account, those sinking funds go out. Right. So now, um, so a lot of people like say to me, you know, oh, how can you afford to get tires and how can you afford this and that? And, you know, I have that money put away somewhere. It, it's in a completely different bank account to my FPOS card even. Um, and I have the sinking funds. I have, this is how much I'm going to spend on tires for my car. So when that expense comes up, I've got the money to draw and just pay for it. And right. then it's not another stress. That's actually a very good way of doing it. Yeah. So you can break it down into weekly. So, for example, Christmas. So I have a Christmas budget as well because it is a hard time of year. <laughs> you yeah. to buy lots of things. Yeah, you have to buy presents and... Yeah. Yeah. And all the things. And all the other, yeah. the other jazz, yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, so if you get paid weekly and you put $10 away a week into a Christmas sinking fund, that's $520 plus like a couple of bucks interest that you have to spend on Christmas. 
I wonder why people don't do that. Like the why they don't put money away per week. I I've uh, there's so many people that live paycheck to paycheck. There are. It, Particularly in Auckland. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which I get, but I'm also um, being through the experience I have been through, I am also like, you can save $2 a week for something. Or Oh, yeah, you definitely can. But some people just, they have to make an excuse for anything. Yes. Oh, I can't afford it. Or they blame the government or something. Something. There has to be personal responsibility. If you don't acknowledge it first then you can't fix the problem if you don't think there is a problem to fix then you're not going to fix it yeah yeah so um sinking funds are definitely something i recommend anybody that talks to me i say go and work out what your expenses are that you have to pay and i'm not meaning rent um or anything like that i i'm literally so i'm just looking at mine i have like my dog registration my food that i'd spend on my dog like her food for the year, flea treatments, um, her doggy daycare, which she does once a week, um, tires for my car, warrant, rego, um, AA membership, because I'm a female and need help if I break down. Um, <laughs> my services for, like car services for a year. Um, I've got a Christmas fund. I've got my dancing fund because um, you still got to have fun, right, even if you're paying off debt. Um, when I first started, I didn't have things like the doggy daycare. She didn't go to daycare. I didn't have... Um, like dancing fund, I literally. Yeah. So with the with the entertainment part, how yep. do you work out how much you want to allocate for entertainment? So I have activities that I that I have to do. So like Zumba, dancing. Um, I have to do it for my mental health. Okay. Because I can't just sit at home and do nothing. Yeah, um, that's soul destroying. Yeah, so I build it into my budget. So to give you an idea, my Christmas salsa and Zumba fund only cost me $52 a month. That's pretty good. That's all I put away. Yeah. So when those fees come up, I can just pay it. So what happens if you, I don't know, some concert comes up that you want to go to. So or... I have another fund for that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so that's um, my budget's a work of art. So we'll just talk through it. So yeah, so all those things, sinking funds, definitely recommend. So in total, a month, I put away $360.50 into sinking funds and that covers all my basics. So have you ever, since since you've started incorporating sinking funds, have you ever had a time where you're like, oh no, how am I going to pay for this? Or is it all sorted? All sorted. Pretty right. much all sorted. The only time is, the only time I've had that was when my car broke down. Um, but I have an emergency fund. You have an emergency well. fund as well? Yes. Well, so, you are prepared. Yes. So um, once I had got my debt down to a point where I could still eat and everything, um, I put $1,000 away into an emergency fund and it just sits in a high interest, high earning interest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Account. Um, and I've had to use it twice. And that's it in nearly three years. That's good. Yeah. So that can like you just you just don't know you just don't know what Murphy's going to throw at you. Honestly, if I could increase that to three grand, I will. Um, but a thousand dollars is all the buffer I need. Uh, remembering it's just me by myself as yeah, well. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got kids or a partner or anything. Um, just a dog. Just a dog, which I have pet insurance for because she is expensive. Uh, yeah, is pet insurance? How expensive is pet insurance? Um, I can tell you. I'm asking uh, this because I obviously do not have any pets. <laughs> 
Though I have a partner trying to convince me to get a pet. So I pay $43.32 a month. Okay. So to put that into perspective, when Teddy ate sand that day and ended up at the vet's overnight, so she was um, at the overnight vet hospital, they had to pump her stomach and give her a bunch of antibiotics. It cost $1,800. Yeah. And I only had to pay 20% of that. Okay. Does the does the payments increase over time or does it just stay the same regardless um, of how old the the dog is? So it's like all things, they, you know, inflation. So mm. I think my pay, actually I can tell you. So in 2018, 2017 rather, so two years ago, my pet insurance was $40.11. Now it's 43 a month. Okay. Bloody inflation. I know. If we could stop that, that'd be really good. Well, if wages <laughs> went up, wages went up with inflation, then it would be all good, I think. But yes. they don't. They yes. Don't. I yeah. have lots of thoughts on wages, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, well, you're you're welcome to yeah. be this if you want. Um, I just I just think that in our society, I look. I didn't come from a really good background. I. I came from foster care. I came from a low income. Um, you know, I lived in South Auckland, everything. I've seen it firsthand, people on benefits and everything. And don't get me wrong, being on minimum wage is, is terrible. Um, but you don't have to sit there and keep asking for it to go up. Because as somebody that's owned a business, the more minimum wage goes up, the more goods and services are going to go up yeah. and the more you're going to whinge. And the more, like, for me... It's all about education around living in your means, within your means. I think, I, I definitely think that's the case. Um, yeah. I think sometimes uh, people put too much responsibility on the government. Yes, the government does play a part, but you do have to take some personal responsibility. And then also, if minimum wage goes up, then the people who are business owners, they're going to look at ways to cutting costs, whether that's through staff or through automation which is probably more prominent these days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a simple matter of just raising the minimum wage. I think, as you said, with education, I think that's that's a, definitely a key point. Definitely think that there needs, like, don't get me wrong, there is some families that I think could definitely do with some help. Oh, no doubt. No yeah. Doubt. But um, I definitely think it, it goes comes back to your social media thing, you know. <laughs> there just needs to be some education that you don't have to live like the Joneses. You know? No, you don't. So, and you, some of some of the people, richest people around, aren't the happiest either. So, no, exactly. So it's all. I just, I personally believe, and and that's why I want to make my story public because I personally believe that there's a bit of ownership about living within your means. Definitely, and I think I've always kind of lived like this. But before I buy anything, I weigh up in my head. <laughs> I'm like, is this a desire item or a require item? Yeah. And if it is a desire item. I have to justify a ridiculously good reason in my head to get it. Yeah. Yeah. But some people are just like, oh, no, I want this. Yeah. I want it. Oh, I'll just get it on finance. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, if credit cards and finance didn't exist, then you'd have a lot less problems with debt. Yeah, you'd also have <clears> a lot more unemployed people because if you think how many banks employ people. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> true. Valid point. Valid point. So... And like, I don't know, real estate agents rely on mortgages and stuff like that. So. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, th those are those are assets, though, appreciating assets, unless you're in Auckland currently. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think, uh, look, my biggest thing with Auckland is expensive to live. 
Um, so I get it. You know, living on minimum wage in Auckland is 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 shit. I don't know if I can swear, but it's no, yeah, terrible. You can swear. This is, this is, it's all good. Well, I'm from Auckland, and you lived in Auckland, yeah. so we both know what it's, it's like. It's terrible, there. but you know what? We both moved out of Auckland. Too. Yes, and there I do is... say that I do. I've told so many people to move out of Auckland. Like, if if you already own a house there, all good, perfect. Yeah, if you're if you got it before it got all stupid, or you can afford to pay your mortgage and you're not living week to week, all good. Yeah. If you and your spouse don't own a house and maybe you are on like 150k or more or something, all good. If you if you're not on any of those things, then and unless absolutely you're the only work you can do is there, like yep. absolutely only there. Then well, yes and no. If you're on minimum wage in Auckland, you're probably on a job. You're yes. probably in a job that can be found not in Auckland. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, unless but some people might be doing their minimum wage job while they're studying. So yeah, which or is, something like which, that. Yeah, which is yeah. which is a different thing. Yeah, but I know some people, and I'm sorry. But like some of them have been living in Auckland, they're just like, oh, just waiting for a crash, just waiting for a crash, yeah. and then I'll buy a house. I'm like, dude, it's not going to happen, man. <laughs> Supply and demand, yeah. Supply and demand, it's not happening. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, so all my friends who have moved out of Auckland have all said the same thing, like, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? And I was the same. I was like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. I mean, there's aspects of Auckland that I miss, but yeah, it's not it's not worth it. No, it's not. And I definitely think I, I get a lot of people that talk to me and they're like, oh, you know, struggling, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what do you do for a job? Oh, I work night fill at the supermarket. I'm like, oh, okay. You're aware that there's supermarkets in other areas of the country. Like you could go to Gore and get a house for like $200,000. Not even that, like. I love it how you use Gore <laughs> as an example. But you know what? There's two supermarkets in Gore. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, <laughs> Gore is pretty. I mean, what what would you do in Gore after 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 work or <laughs> you but need some entertainment? But I do, I do get your yeah. point. I do get your point. But, but I mean, there's so many places outside of Auckland. Exactly, so. and you don't have to. It doesn't have to be forever. You could get yourself to a financial position where you can afford to live back in Auckland on minimum wage. If you want to do that, yeah. I Otherwise, mean, you could do what the rest of us do and move out and fall in love yeah, and never go back. <laughs> but I know, like, I know a lot of people in Auckland, and because I kind of used to be one of them, but they think the whole country revolves around Auckland. Yeah. Auckland, 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 Auckland. And it's like, no, nah, man, there's plenty of other good places you can go. I'm sorry, but Eminem came to Wellington, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Sorry, Auckland. Oh, that was funny because <laughs> a lot of my friends were like, what? Come to Auckland, come to Auckland. He's going to announce a second show. I was thinking, nah, no, he won't. There's no way. There's no way he'll announce a second show. And you know, and when because when we went to the Eminem concert, it was it was packed as yeah, yeah. it was sold completely sold out. Yeah, concert. yeah. I think it sold out in like a day. Not even that. A couple of hours. A couple of hours. Yeah. I remember waiting on the queue. Like, come on, come on. I know. And then I had to wait the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For extra tickets. Yeah, and we drove there. I'll never do that again. Well, I, I, I drive, so it's fine. I don't know how you went with. Well, I well I didn't drive. I was in the back seat. Um, our mutual friend, um, who we both know, um, drove, but he he was not happy. You know, he's not the fastest driver. No, well, I didn't actually realize in Wellington how narrow the roads were. Well, because every time I've gone to Wellington, it's always you know I've always been in the CBD, and yeah. I love the CBD there, but I haven't been around the outskirts or down the, or up the streets. And so he's driving and I only tell this story because he's the man and I love him. But um, we're driving around this corner and, and my girlfriend is, you know, because she, she's from India. She loves the big cities. She likes seeing yep. a lot of people and stuff. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, 
this place reminds me of Sydney. It reminds me of how it's good. And he's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> stupid road. Why are you driving around a stupid <laughs> narrow road? It's so little. <laughs> oh, man, that was crack up. Yeah, but he, he hated driving there. I mean, it was pretty narrow. I was like, hmm. Because the, the, some of the corners, because it's oh. so narrow, if, you, if you're turning around a corner and you don't know if someone's going to hit you. No. And you wouldn't want to park on the side of the road because a lot of those houses, they don't even have driveways. No. Or so, it, so you have to park on the side of the road and just hope your car doesn't get destroyed. Like mine bellied out on the driveway of the house we were staying Did in. it? Yeah. <laughs> Marcus parked it um, forward Yeah. Um, when we went out on the Saturday and it literally was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. So um, I drove from then on and I reverse parked it like a good person. Oh, well done. Well done. But yeah, <laughs> I'd be keen to talk to people who live in Wellington on a day-to-day basis who live on some of those roads and how they how they cope with it. Well, my flatmate lived there for five years or whatever, and I asked him how you coped with it, and he's like, I caught public transport everywhere. Well, the public transport, there's actually Very not... Good. Yeah, compared to... Well, I mean, New Zealand public transport's pretty bad. If you go anywhere overseas, you realise that. But Wellington is a lot better than definitely here or even Auckland. I tried to catch a bus the other day, and it just never came. That used to happen to me all the time in Auckland. I used to wear this jacket. It was like my mum had it from like the (laughs) 70s or something and it had all faded. So I looked like a homeless person. And I remember like waiting for this bus and it was raining and some dude just pulled up. And he's like, do you need a ride? And... (laughs) And me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, all good. Free ride. I don't have to pay for the bus. This is how cheap I was. Yeah. And um, I jumped in the, this ride with some random guy. Never met him. Don't know anything about him. He turned out turned out he was a coroner. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and he gave me all these details. He's like, oh, I live around the corner. You should come around for, for a cup of tea. And then he offered me a job as well. Yeah, right. Okay. For yeah. the um, administrator. At Ministry of Justice, and I was kind of like, okay. And then I went to work, and I told my boss, he's like, "Who's offering you a job? What the hell? I want to know this guy. I'm going to go see him." I'm like, "Don't worry, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it." Um, (sighs) Anyway, way off topic. Yeah, we got off topic, but anyway, yeah, as you were saying. Um, so I'm just going to run over my whole budget. Okay. So, um, just just to put things like back into perspective, so I now have a job. Um, that earns me commission. So that came on the whole increase income, decrease expenses. So yeah. I have never sold anything in my life before I got to this role. But when I learned that I could earn X amount more a month, um, I was like, right, well, I need to learn how to sell some stuff. Like, So I did that um, in 2018, no, 2017. When I got back from Europe, so the travel will come in a, in a later date. Okay. So when I got back from Europe, my current boss rang me and he said to me, look, I really want you on my team. Obviously, the team's based in Auckland. What are your thoughts? So we had about a 20-minute conversation and I said, look, I'll be on your team, but I want a pay rise and I want the job moved to, to Hamilton and I want unlimited commission. So he said yes to all three. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> So now most people go, oh, but you're so lucky. No, I was not lucky. I can tell you right now, I was not lucky. I taught myself how to sell. I taught myself how to be good at it. And I taught myself how to earn that commission. So how do you teach yourself to sell? 
Do you talk? I read do you a talk lot of your, books. Do you talk to yourself in the mirror? <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um. So I sound mainly over the phone all over the country. So it's really hard to connect with people over the phone. Yeah, um, it's harder. Yeah. Yeah. But you got a good uh, tone to your yeah. voice. So I played to my strengths. So. Yeah. I guess I looked at it this way. So for cheerleading, for six years, I sold a dream to kids that they were going to be a cheerleader. Yeah. So I then transferred that into pens and paper Mm. and all the other things I sell now. But I put myself in a position where I could ask for those things. I made myself really good at my job. I went after all the opportunities. I gave excellent customer service. I just, I was me because I transferred my need to help other people into my work. And I do that now. Like today I walked in and I'd left work 45 minutes late and I was super stressed because I was helping a customer with her issue. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got. Now, The putting me on unlimited commission was the best thing my boss could have done. He doesn't know about my debt-free journey at all. Um, so he didn't know that that's what my motivator was. But I finished my year last year, 190% of my sales target. So I was the highest achiever in our company. Wow. Yeah. But then in some, I suppose some ways that debt was your motivator, right? Yeah, would you Do you think you would have pushed yourself that much if you didn't have that? Or do you think that that played a huge no, part in it? a huge part. Yeah. So I would not, okay. So people don't go to school and go, I'm going to be a sales rep. Like you just end up. <laughs> no, they don't. You end up in sales. It's not a career that you aspire. You know, people like I. I'm a fireman, and I'm going to be an accountant, and I'm going to be a singer, and I'm going to be a sales rep. Like yeah. nobody says that. So you just sort of end up in sales. Yeah. And so I took a sales job. I went into a sales role because I needed to earn the extra money to pay off my debt. Mm. So I get a lot of people when I talk about my debt-free journey say, oh, but you're so lucky because you earn so much. But the only reason I earn so much is because I work hard for it and I worked hard to get to that place as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone who earns good money that is just just cruising. Yeah, exactly. Um, And there's times that I'm still logged in on my laptop at 11 o'clock at night and I'll get an email because obviously our IT team alerts my boss and he's like, Tracy, you're not meant to work over so many hours a week. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> totally ignore him. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he remote manages me. I'm I'm the only remote in my team yeah. person. So everybody else is in Auckland. Wow. Yeah. But that, that's, that shows um, technology and where it's going, you know. Oh. It's, it's a good thing that people are able to work remotely. I know a person who works um, for Spark, and but he works – out of Tauranga. And yeah. I think like once a fortnight, he might have to go to Auckland, but otherwise he does everything remotely off a computer. Yeah, exactly. And I think that needs to be, uh, you know, more of an option for people. Well, so, it, comes, it comes back to our um, not living in Auckland thing. Yeah, well, that's the but that's, but that's part of the problem. I mean, and also another thing, I mean, I don't know what you think about this this train that they're doing between Auckland and Hamilton, but... Have you, do you know how expensive it is? Uh... I, well, because it's twelve dollars, I think, and to is it Pukekohe? Does so it stop? Because because it, it stops off at Pukekohe. Yeah, and then you got to change trains. Yeah, yeah. So and I worked then, it out. It would cost you thirty six fifty each way. To get each way. Yeah. Because the train from Pukekohe in is twenty something dollars already. Is it? Mm-hmm. We used to catch the. Tra- I used to live in Tuakau, which is South Auckland, so we used to catch the train in. From okay, Pukekohe. so it's over. Okay. 
So sixty dollars so, a day. Yeah, over sixty dollars. Yeah. That's so a it's lot. a good idea. But I don't, to be honest, I don't think that train really benefits Aucklanders or Hamiltonians. No. It's basically for people in the town. In the middle. In the middle, <laughs> yeah. At least initially. I mean, I know they want to improve the, the time. I mean, you should not be spending over three hours traveling to work. Although you will be able to work remotely off the laptop. And maybe some people will do that, but... um. Yeah, I, I, but then you come into Wi-Fi issues and all that kind of stuff as well. It's, yeah, it's one half dozen the other. There's no, there's no magic bullet nah. to fix. No, and I do think with trains, they are long-term investments, mm-hmm. not short-term investments. So, like, I do think maybe it will get better over time, but at least initially, it's face <laughs> palm. I do think that if they call it the Tron Express, they might have a couple of issues with people getting on the train. <laughs> yeah, they should not call it that. What was the other name? Like the Waikato Link and... Something like that. And the... A- oh, H to A. Oh, that's right. I'm like, tr- who's coming up with these names, man? <laughs> with the Tron Express. I sent my boss the article and I was like, oh, next time you're visiting me, you're going to catch the Tron Express. <laughs> so oh, his reply was he'd rather sit in traffic. Yeah. Well, there's a few people that I might be having on the podcast later on that have a bit more um, intel on the train. On the train. On the train. So maybe they can... They can shed light on yeah, that. Yeah, shed light on it. But um, yeah. But anyway, anyway, so I wanted to go over my budget, but I just wanted to make it clear about like what I do for okay. work. Um, cool. So I'll, I'm just going to run down my budget and then I'll tell you sort of how I... Like, just stop me and ask questions as we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just go until, um, yeah, until I think my cameras are running out of space. But okay, keep going, keep going. Okay, so um, rent, I pay, I put aside 585 a month okay. for rent. So that's obviously the, I pay weekly for rent, but that's the year divided by 12. Yeah. Um, contents insurance, I pay contents, car, pet, and health insurance. Yeah. Um, obviously. How much is that? Uh, so contents is 51, car is 97, pet is 43, and health insurance is 51 okay. as well. Um, obviously, after having a tumour, I'd never get rid of my health insurance. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, my car loan at the moment is 400 a month. That is a lot. Yeah. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> Are you, so you're still trying to sell your car? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've bought so the So anyone car. who's watching this who needs a car, holler at Tracy. It's a beautiful BMW 335i. It's been driven by a female driver for three yeah. years. It's very sensible. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is a promotion Shout out. for your car. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hashtag Beamer. <laughs> yeah. Um, for my cell phone, I only pay, well, I, I pay $60 a month, but um, my mum piggybacks my plan as well. Um, so she gives me half. So we share data and minutes and everything like that because it was cheaper that oh, way. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that's that's a smart way of doing it, actually. Yeah, well, she's out in the sticks. So her landlines and her Wi-Fi is all up the poop. So When you say sticks, you're meaning what, like a real rural area? Yeah, Tikawata, like off the highway. That's where the farm was that I ended up on. <laughs> that's out in the middle of nowhere yeah if yeah. you if you stand in their library and try and make a phone call it's not gonna happen oh my god so um yeah so we split it um and then obviously i have my sinking funds which is 360 a month um my grocery bill is only 200 dollars a month so on a five-week month i pay 40 dollars a week for groceries and on a four-week month i pay 50 dollars a week for groceries 50 dollars a week yes 
How do you manage that? Aha. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> um, so that was that came down to reducing expenses as well. I have learned the art of eating cheap, buying in bulk, and it, like just eating. So I will only shop on specials and savings. Uh, like reduced to clear, I'll never buy anything full price. But when you say reduced to clear, what, how do you know what's on reduced to clear? Do you just walk into a grocery store? Yeah, and just so look? if you go at certain times of the day, it's normally around five or six o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday um, or midday in, uh, during the week. They have like meat and stuff that's going to go off and it's got that little reduced to clear sticker on it. Yeah, I've actually noticed that a few times at New World. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'll always shop for that kind of meat. I also have a deep freezer, so I cook in bulk and freeze a lot of stuff. So I eat, because I do a lot of exercise and do a lot of running and stuff, I eat three main meals a day and four snacks. So what do you have in terms of your uh, what you do for your diet? Yeah. Yeah, so what, what do you usually have for breakfast? Um, so I have a banana before I get to work because okay. I've normally got out, gotten up and gone for a run right. before work. So really? Yeah. Oh, man, that's so dedication. Pretty hungry. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so I normally have a banana and then I get to work and I'll either have cornflakes with yogurt and berries or um, porridge at the moment or smoothie, um, something like that, nice and nutritious. Then I have morning snack, which is normally cheese and crackers. So I make okay. the crackers myself as well out of seeds. How? What? I'll send how, you the recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think how you do that. <laughs> well, you got a bin in and you get the seeds for like nine, 90 cents or whatever, okay. the different seeds that you need. And yep. then um, you get the, the gum and you bake it and then you crack it. So why why do you do that as opposed to just buying crackers? Because it cost me 90 cents to make them and it cost me... Okay, all right. Like... And what? what how much are crackers? $2? Yeah. $3? So I know it sounds stupid, but when you're trying to be as frugal as possible to get out of debt. Yeah, well, that, hey. I, every yeah. cent counts. Well, that's that's next level, but yeah, hey, yeah. I, I, I can admire your dedication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so lunch, I'll normally have like some sort of carbs, so rice, um, actually, and dinner. So rice, potato, um, what else? Pasta. So I'm gluten-free as well, so I have to eat gluten-free pasta, which is really expensive. Um mm all that and then I'll have some sort of meat so like a piece of steak piece of lamb bit of chicken so only like 100 150 grams and then veggies or salad as well do you um do you have any gut problems or anything if you have gluten no so um I get a rash all over my body because this is interesting <laughs> I don't know if this will benefit you or not because I was actually starting to wonder I was because I I I suffer from psoriasis mm -hmm. it's a pain in the ass but um, at one point, I was actually thinking, I'm like, maybe I'm intolerant to gluten because I was just feeling bloated all the time every time I ate something that had gluten in it. Yeah. Interestingly enough, because my my great missus is from India and they have all these old school herbal <laughs> methods, but apparently, so turmeric. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I started taking turmeric supplements and it like. Killed totally got killed. killed uh, so the the inflammation I was getting from psoriasis went. I still have a few problems in terms of um, scaly skin, but in terms of the the inflammation, it's totally gone, and the gut problems are gone just from turmeric and uh, a bit of probiotics as well. Yeah, 
I don't know if you tried that or not. I just thought I'd chuck um, that out there. There's a few things I've tried. My mum's a naturopath, so... Oh, well, yeah. you're, you're all good then. All good. <laughs> um, so I've tried a few things, but yeah, definitely if I eat too much gluten, I get... It's like a heat rash, but it's like all up and down my arms and legs. It's it's terrible. And you're just like... <laughs> so itchy. It happened yeah. to me. Um, Greece was the worst when I was in Greece. Um, I had this terrible rash on my legs yeah and then again in thailand so i just looked like a walking mess and i was really itchy did, did you deliberately eat gluten or did you eat something and you didn't realize there was gluten in it no i deliberately so i can handle little bits of gluten so right. I'll, I'll eat it every now and then but like when i was in greece i i had been in spain before that and london before that so i was like oh yeah i'll just eat a little bit just let eat a little bit and then i you know, like Greek food has got you got bread, all that yummy bread and olive oil and the euros and everything. So I overindulged. That was definitely my fault. Oh, okay. And then in Thailand, um, I didn't mean to eat so much gluten, but it's really hard to differentiate like their rice noodles and like their pasta noodles and everything because obviously everything's in Thai. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True that. True that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, that Thailand was unintentional. Okay. Oh. Consumption of gluten. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, but it starts on my feet. So as soon as my feet get itchy, I'm like, right, I'm done. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. And so, sorry. So, what do you what do you have for dinner? Is so same. I I always have like a steam veggie. Um, I'll have some sort of carb. So. Like the thing is, like potatoes, for example, you can get them on special for two dollars for uh, not two five dollars for a ten kilo bag, right? Yeah. So I learned that you can roast, so cut them up, roast them, and freeze them in little bags, and then if you put them from frozen in the oven for ten minutes, they come out exactly the same as if you just roasted them for forty minutes from from fresh. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, so my grocery bill started at nearly $200 a week um, and I just started learning how to cook. I, I'm not a good cook by any means. We have a fire extinguisher in the flat for a reason. Um, but I learned, like I just trial and error. The other thing is I do not waste food. So this is um, a huge thing. Well, that's thing. good. That's good. There's a lot of people starving, so that's yeah. good. Well, I'm from Africa. I was born there, so I've seen starving children in oh, Africa yeah. firsthand. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is that we waste so much food as well. So my flatmate that I moved in with, um, obviously when I started the debt-free journey and had been evicted, I moved in and I learned a lot from her and her eating habits. So like, the, for example, I ate um, rices the other day. People laugh at this. They expired in 2015 and I ate the whole bag the other day. I don't care. Like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You're brave. Yeah. There's also, we have a Register Clear store here in Hamilton. So I do a lot of grocery shopping there as well because you get some really good deal. Yeah, I feel I know a few of my Indian friends that go there. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about being a cheapskate; it's just well, even being if you frugal. are, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Right. At the end of the day, someone's always going to judge you based yeah. on on something, and you know. Exactly. I mean, I I got crap for ages for being cheap. <laughs> When I lived in Auckland, they'd be like, oh, Reese, you're so cheap. You're so cheap. But now I own a house and they don't. So you got to do what you got to do. And you can't worry about what other people think when it comes to stuff like this. People say to me all the time, they're like, oh, just throw away the phone or just do this. I'm like, no, there's no way. Like I... I'll eat that tomorrow for yeah. lunch or whatever. I'll, I'll push it. Like I'll have chicken at six days in the fridge. Yeah. I will say I've got to confess something to you. Yeah. Okay. Because obviously I first um, met you probably at the 
Well, just before when when did we meet? It was um, well, we met we we hung out probably at the the in Wellington before the Eminem yeah. concert really. And I know before then we were trying to organize um where we were going to stay and stuff. And Marcus was trying to sort it all through. Yeah. And then you were like, nah, it's too expensive, too expensive. And I was thinking, man, this girl's cheap. <laughs> and I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I know the story, it's like, oh, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. like, so it's always good. And this is a reminder to myself that not to. You just never know what somebody's going yes, through. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I know the story now. Yeah. yeah. So I get judged all the time, every day, every single day, someone will comment on how cheap I am. Or something like that. But they won't know your situation. No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm obviously becoming public with it now. Yeah. But there's like a lot of apps and stuff you can get as well. So I have one called Olio, which um, you can post cheap, like free. Say somebody's bread's going to go off. Not bread because I'm gluten free. But um, they people in your area will post food items that you can go pick up. So I yeah. use that. Um, you know, as flatmates have moved out, they've donated food. So that's all helped with the grocery bill as well. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So I'll continue on. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Um, so that's my grocery. So once again, that comes under like cutting costs. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. Keep going. Keep going. Um, petrol, I, I budget $150 a month for petrol. That's good. Yeah. But I suppose Hamilton's small. Um, I also, when I had the BMW, I would budget $300 a month. I've also just changed to a Suzuki Swift. Nice. I'm not going to use $150 a month on petrol. I can tell you that for free. Yeah. Um, and then my credit card minimum repayment is currently $700. So that's in there as well. Wow. <laughs> um, and then I pay for the gym, which is $37 a month. Um, so th- my total budget is $2,757.16. Oh, and my base salary before commission is $3,363.57. So I've managed to get my budget under my base salary. So if I didn't make commission, I wouldn't fall over. Like I'm not living paycheck to paycheck 100% yeah. anymore. Well, that's, that's, that's smart. That's yeah. smart. So you're wanting to have your debt fully paid off by... 20- Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. On your Instagram, it says 2021. Yeah. So that is my projected date if I don't get... Any commission. So oh, okay, wow, okay. So yeah. you could be paid off by Christmas. Yes. What are you going to do to celebrate? Honestly, buy a car. Seriously, no, no. I'm just kidding. Um, this sounds completely stupid. I am going to buy lamb, even if it's not on special, and cook it because that's my favorite meal, and it's never on special. <laughs> yeah, no, lamb's never. It's always it's always chicken. Yeah, always chicken. <laughs> always chicken. Yeah. yeah, but um, just to answer your question earlier about. Your, the um, like when concerts come up and stuff like that. Yeah. So I believe it's super important. At, everyone's different. Look, I'm not telling people how to do things, but I believe it's super important to have your me fund or your throwaway fund or whatever you call it. So I will put aside $200 a month, um, only if I've got commission, obviously. I'll put aside $200 a month that I can blow on coffees with friends, um, lunch with friends, going to concerts, you know, that's how all those kind of things. I'll put all of that, um, like, I just, you have to have me time. Getting my hair done, that's really important to me. That's So that's something I put money aside for um, in my me fund. Um I just think it's really important to look after yourself as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I pay Your mental for health is really, really important. 100%. And 
you know, it it is really hard. And as you said, when before you'd probably known me and before you know the story, I do get seen as a cheapskate and it is really, really hard, especially in groups of friends that I'm I'm part of. Like even our group of friends is really bad at it as well. Is they'll come up with all these ideas and oh, who wants to do this? Who wants to do that? And I just can't afford it. Like I can't afford to be spending, going to brunch here and doing that and whatever. So I stopped getting invited. Yeah. My 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 partner loves you <laughs> because she told me a story. You guys went to an expo. Yeah. And then she, you, she told me that you guys were just trying the food without even buying anything and she was full from all the different oh, food. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you I get what was, you pay for. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> we didn't have to pay for lunch. Yeah, like, she was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's really good. So that expo, for example, cost us $5 to get in. We had a great day out together. Um, we had so much fun, so much laughter, laughing, and we got lunch out of it. So it, it's things like that. Like I went to the field days. I paid for a ticket to the field days and stuff. I have friends that are so understanding of my financial situation that they'll call me up and be like, hey, I really want to hang out. I'm like, look, payday's not till next week. I've, I've run out of money. They'll be like, all right, well, let's go for a walk around the lake. But I, because here's the thing. I can respect that when... I know the situation. Yeah. I don't respect it when people are just being stupid, right? If you want to do something with them or you're inviting them and they've got, oh, I've got no money. And it's like, why? Well, no. because you just spent all of it on alcohol. Yeah. And then it's like, well. That's stupid. That's just stupid. Whereas your situation, at least you you may have been dealt a bad hand or you made some choices that. Um, I, was, I made some stupid choices. Yeah, or some yeah. bad choices. But you're taking the necessary steps to. Um, Fix. Rectify it. Yeah, yeah, or rectify it. Yeah. Um, so I know and I think that's the important thing. You know, we all make mistakes. Um and if, if somebody I mean, I don't know if all the all the people in our circle even know your situation or not. I, I doubt it. Yeah. I don't think so. Well man, um, so I'm sure some of them would be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And yeah. you'll probably get some of them that would still be like, what? like Yeah, it's it's funny. Um I have a family member of mine who I, I said, so in August I've been asked by the Waikato District Council to give a presentation at an Inspiring Women's event in South Auckland um, cool. about my journey. So I, I guess it's around that education and, and letting people I think it's, know. I think that's very, very important. I yeah. think that actually, the, this type of stuff actually needs to be taught in schools. A hundred percent. I couldn't it, agree with you more. Yeah, because I I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I never really had any good role models, I think, in terms of money. But I just, I don't know. I you think know, I watched other people doing stupid stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But in terms of schooling, nobody ever taught me this stuff. Yeah. And do you want to know why? Because finances, it's like talking to somebody about sex. Actually, talking to somebody about sex is probably more open of a conversation than finances. People don't want to talk about it. It's like a bad word. It's a bad thing. I tell people what I get paid because I don't care. I have a budget and everything. I'm really open. Like if you look on my Instagram, I'm really yeah. open with my finances. People are like, you can't be putting that on the internet. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's personal. Well, it's personal information. That's funny you said this because my previous guest was a cybersecurity guy. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure if he would totally agree with because uh, he'd probably tell me that oh, in some some ways they can be ex exploiting you and stuff. But I think it, I think it depends on the, the nature of the situation. Yeah, and... I think once I become debt-free, I won't be as 
open with the figures, but I'll definitely let people know what I'm doing. Well, here's the thing, right? If, if you're really, really wealthy, or if some, some people know that you're really, really wealthy, then you'll get some people who are like, oh, they're really wealthy. I'll hang out with them. Maybe they can buy me stuff. Exactly. Some people are like that. So yeah. some people won't tell um, other people finances for that reason. Yeah. And, and I get that finances are quite personal, but that's why people still make bad decisions. So if you look at me three years ago, on the outside, I looked like this super successful person that was really rich and I had all these things. But on the inside, I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because I didn't know how. I didn't know. I was embarrassed. I had a family member of mine a couple of weeks ago when I told them I was doing the talk in um, for the Waikato District Council. They said to me, they're like, you, that is so embarrassing. Why would you tell people that you're an idiot and got yourself in this situation? Well, you can spin that into it and be like, well, I can help somebody who's going through the same thing. Exactly. You know, it's all about educating the um, the next generation, you know. And if, not even the next generation. Well, people, our generation yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see, like th- things like people whinge all the time that they can't buy a house. You've bought a house. I'm probably going to buy a house a few years after I'm debt free. Like, well, yeah, it's just it's what what are you willing to sacrifice to exactly, do it? Exactly, exactly. Right? People, people are just. I mean, you got to be realistic about things. I think people complaining about the Auckland housing market. I'm like, have you gone to London? Have you gone to New York? <laughs> yeah. Have you gone to Sydney? Sydney. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Any massive city. An apartment uh, in Sydney at the yeah. moment is 1.5 million dollars for yeah. one bitty. <laughs> like, yeah, and people. I mean, Auckland's just it's it's evolved into an international city now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people want to be there, so that's just the sacrifice you have to make. And if if you can't afford to live there, you can't afford to live there. Just you Try just to have to else. yeah, just have to accept it. You know, absolutely. The the, the you know the world's not going to stop if you move out of Auckland. There's no. there's plenty of good places. You know, there's a, there's a reason why Hamilton is the second fastest growing city in New Zealand now. You know, but you've got to be willing to take the risk. So I took yeah. the risk. I shut down everything I knew for six years, and I went into sales. Like <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just, you take the risk. I mean, we went to that Seed Waikato event last night on Rock Bottom. That was so good. That yeah. was so good. So I guess this is my, my Rock Bottom was being debt free and now I'm on the way back up. Yeah. Well, it was inspiring to listen to those, uh, you know, the, the CEOs mm. who, who went through, you know, a, a Rock Bottom or a major, a bad situation and came out of it, you know, better, yeah. a, a wiser, a better, you know, um, all those things. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, we all go through our different trials and tribulations. It's just whether you want to make the effort to, you know, improve yourself yeah. and, and learn from your mistakes and to never give up as well. And that's the thing. So I, I love learning and I love reading. So slightly addicted to learning. Um, I love learning. Yeah. I'm okay with reading. Depends on what it is. <laughs> So I, I have a life coach um, that I see and she gives me modules and stuff to work on. Um, I do courses, so I'm about to sign up to do a certificate money management um, course. I eventually would like to become a financial advisor for millennials um, just because I, I feel like I have. Well, you've, got, <laughs> you've, you've gone through the trials and tribulations yeah, to exactly. make it happen. And you can probably, there's, there's a big difference between someone who's actually been through it and someone who's just like, well, you just need to this do this. This is what the paper says. Yeah. yeah. So if you've actually been through it, then, then people will be able to relate to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's more I mean, relatable that way. I have so many frugal stories that I tell people and they, uh, so for example, I'll tell this one. Um, 
So I, being a cheapskate, being super frugal and needing to pay off my debt, I didn't want our power bill at the flat to go up. Uh, so this is two winters ago. over Because our house is freezing. Our house is really cold. But we have a fireplace. So instead of paying for firewood, I went with a friend and we drove all over Hamilton. We collected all the pallets and I cut them all up with a skill saw and we used pallets for oh, firewood and we did it for two years That's awesome. to keep our power bill down. That's awesome. Maybe I should do the same. I, I highly recommend. I've got a skill saw that... Um, <laughs> Even, I've got I've got one in my in my garage, so yeah, I can probably I can probably do it, but yeah. yeah. So I have so many frugal stories that people just cannot believe, because not only have I been paying off all this debt over this time, um, I've also travelled. Like I went to Europe for three weeks. I went to Thailand for three weeks. I've popped over to Sydney, been to Melbourne, um, done all of that in the last couple of years, um, two and a half years, and. So it is doable, and I just did things for me as well. That's good, though. Yeah. So it, I just – I cannot stress it enough. Like, you can do it. You can – you just got to look at ways. I started with what I call the Find Five Challenge, so I created this myself. Well, you better copyright that, man. <laughs> Trademark so, that shit. <laughs> the fine five. So what it was was, uh, so I'm a very goal-orientated person as well. So when I was doing my budget, my first budgets, um, and trying to cut costs and increase income and everything, I my goal was to find $5 a week. So it was either cut $5 out of something I was spending, so groceries, petrol, whatever, or make an extra $5. So I sold so much stuff on trading. I've sold when I went, when I lived in uh, my house that I got evicted from and moved to the flat, I was listing $1 auctions. I, I was selling like you wouldn't believe I paid off like three, four grand, I think of debt just by selling stuff. in the well, It's house. amazing. It's amazing. Uh, over the years, if you go look through all your stuff that you've probably got stored away, how much crap you have that you like, don't actually need. Just rubbish. Yeah. Like, why do I need three weed eaters? I don't know. I don't even weed the gardens. I pay somebody. Like, so um, we sold off the, I sold off those. I just, um, yeah, I went on an absolute crazy selling spree. I even do now. Um, so I'll be like, oh, I haven't worn this top in two years. Put on trade me, list it, gone. Yeah. So that I did that. Um, surveys, I answer a lot of surveys. So I earned like $500 last year answering surveys on different companies and stuff. If you think about it, you're waiting at the doctors, you can just answer a survey. Yeah. And stuff like that. True that, true so that. So there's so many vouchers. And you've just got to be smart. So like one of the survey companies I'm, I'm with, um, you only get Mighty 8 vouchers. So you get a $20 Mighty 8 voucher once you've answered so many surveys. So that's fine. So I went and bought $20 worth of yogurt powder when it was on special on Mighty 8 and I got like 10 yogurts for this $20 voucher or whatever. And that's my breakfast for six months. Like... <laughs> Oh, man. Well, it's, it's amazing how many different ways you can uh, save money. Yeah. There's actually a lot of online vouchers. Like, And there's some stuff I've bought off AliExpress. And they have, yes. There's like online vouchers. If you just Google online vouchers, AliExpress. Oh, all the time. Yeah. So what what was I doing the other day? And I Googled. It was something on my Instagram. And um, I, I needed to buy something online. So I just Googled current vouchers. And it popped up. And I do it all the time. Every time I need to buy something, I'll Google. So you can get grab one vouchers and treat me vouchers and yep. everything. Um, you've just got to research first. 
Yeah. Price totally. Spy is another really good yep, one. Price Spy, even with um, what flights, Sky Scanner. Sky Scanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Grab One is a good one. Oh, Grab a Seat is another one. Yeah. Treat um, Me is really good. One Day. Yes, One Day. Although be careful with One Day because you can get caught like, oh, and, and I need this, and I need Yeah, this. well, this is the thing, right? <laughs> Sometimes people buy stuff. To, for the sake of trying yeah, to save money. Yeah, well, they're like, I'm saving money. I'm yeah. like, but you're not actually saving money if you bought something that you weren't originally going to get anyway. So I saw a quote the other day on, um, obviously I follow a lot of other debt-free people on Instagram as well. So we all, we call the debt-free community. Um, so we all share stories. <laughs> Your and, little click. Yeah, little click. Um, and this one guy put on a quote that was so relevant and it said, if you bought something on special for five hundred dollars with two hundred dollars off, you didn't save two hundred dollars. You spent five hundred. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Particularly if it was something you didn't actually need. Need. Yeah. 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 And even if I do need it, so like our washing machine broke at the flat, we literally DIY'd the jingers out of that thing five or six times before we finally gave in and bought a new one. Wow. Yeah, I was like, we had we had Google up. Um, I was trying to figure out how to bypass a over overload switch or something. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that part is. Check that out. Um, yeah, and we just DIY'd and duct taped it. And yeah, it looks hoary, but who cares? Like it worked, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um. So I'm not sure. There might be some listeners and viewers who don't know this for people because apparently because this house is in a low income area. Yeah. The government actually subsidizes, uh, well, they pay 67% of the cost if you want to insulate the house, like yeah. the ceiling and floor. So I got that done here, but I didn't even know about it. <laughs> you know how I found out about it? We went up to Kerry Kerry and we stayed at an Airbnb and there was this, this guy there who he transfers prisoners from yeah. prison to prison. And he was also a DIY builder guy. And then he mentioned it. And I was like, wait, what? Hold <laughs> Hang on. Because on I was I was thinking of getting um, insulation. But I was like, man, it's pretty expensive. And then I read it, looked into it. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyone who owns a house, just just check it up. I forgot the name of the website. I should I should see if I can find it and then put it in the uh, the comments on the YouTube or um, Podbean um, comment section or something. But yeah. So yeah, there are definitely a lot of deals out there. Oh, absolutely. And you, yeah, you just got to want it bad enough. And I know I get a lot of people, oh, but what is your time worth? And I'm like, what? I'm sitting down watching Married at First Sight, whatever, some rubbish on TV. I might as well be researching or reading or something at the same time. Well, if you live in Auckland, your time is worth nothing anyway. Yeah. You're probably spending three hours in traffic. Yeah. Listen to listen to a podcast about whatever you want to learn. Listen to this podcast yeah. <laughs> while you're sitting in traffic. There you go. All the time. All the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I budgeting like I literally I'm, I'm showing Reese here so this is my main budget but I'm not even wearing my glasses just move it forward yeah. um but if you look at across all of these also incorporate into my budget as well my budget's literally a work of art oh wow <laughs> so. oh my god that is that is some detailed that's yeah. some detailed so, stuff right there you you don't have to be as detailed. Like my literally my first budget was income, expenses. And you know what's really funny? Um I, I still have a copy of that. I, I've actually laminated it, my first ever budget, because I had income, expenses and a red line, like it was in red. And I was like, What? And I did the figures five times and I was like, Oh, okay, well I've got a problem. <laughs> There's something wrong with this. So do you show people that budget and they're like 
whoa literally i'm like hardcore yeah i'm like just have a look at my budget here and everyone's like wait what stop (laughs) back up um yeah but it's got everything on there i i obviously know what it means um i'm currently working on writing a book um and doing oh wow yeah all about my journey and everything i've learned um and i want to do and you have to come back on here when you when, when I've you, done when the you book, release yeah. it, yeah, yeah. I've got to be debt free first. Like we've got to get you to the end be. of the yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will be. You're all good. It doesn't um, have to be anytime soon. But I want to do my my main goal. I sat. I actually sat down. I went to a Seed Waikato event, and um, they asked like what your goals are and stuff like that. So I'll bring it up. So eventually, what I want to do is I want to be able to help the millennial generation. Um, not just millennials, you know, um, be good with finances to help others and to help others achieve their financial goals and financial freedom. That's good because yeah. I think I think people are definitely going to need it. Um, it's just the cost of living is getting quite high. And it's not going to go down. No, it's not going to go down. And I, I feel real sorry for a lot of young people because, you know, they go to uni, what, get like a $60,000, $70,000 loan. Actually, I know some people who've gone to uni they've got this massive loan and they can't even get a job in a field because they studied something that's really irrelevant or there's no there's no jobs available or, you know, it's going to be automated or something like that. And then you add in the fact that, you know, New Zealand is a low-wage economy. Mm-hmm. And then, but you've got houses that are ridiculously expensive. So yeah. it's, you're going to have a lot of people that are renting for life. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, my my partner told me he, she's like, oh, I got, um, because one of her friends bought a house recently, for one point two million, <laughs> in Auckland, and I was thinking, and I met the guy, and I was thinking, there's no way he bought that on his own. She's like, nah, he did, he did. I'm like, no. sweetie, there's no way. T- turns out his uncle gave him like yeah four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars for a deposit. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I mean, some people just get dealt a bad hand, um, and but. And some people get, you know, get a good hand, but yeah, it's pretty hard. I mean, I advise people to, young people probably should go into a trade, if anything. Oh, absolutely. Trades, because it's never going to die. You're always going to need a plumber. Yeah. You're always going to need a builder. Yep. You can't automate, like, I'd love to see a robot try and put his hand down a toilet and pull whatever out that's blocking it. It's not going to happen. My dad told me for years, get into a trade, be a plumber. And I look back on it now and I'm like, damn it, I should have done it plumbing and IT, especially IT technicians, because with all the automation that's happening, you're going to need somebody to fix it when it goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because we've all been in the office those days when the yep. IT system's gone down. Yep. And that's, yep, it's pretty bad when that happens. Yeah. But we, yeah, so IT is definitely the thing. Though like every IT guy at the moment seems to be from India. <laughs> no offense to Indians, but you guys are damn good at it. So I'm just, I had to point that it's out. It's so technical. It uh, is so technical. I really struggle. I I, our IT guy's name is Fred and I often have issues because obviously I'm remote based yeah. and I'll call him and be like, hi, Fred. And I can hear him sigh. <laughs> so I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, what's the well, problem the, the, today? This cybersecurity guy that I had on my last episode, he was, he was talking about IT and how a lot of hackers will try and get the information of the IT person because yeah. then they have the keys to the kingdom pretty much. Yeah. So um, yeah, IT IT people have got to be on point, man. They they can't they can't miss a step. No, no, they can't miss a step. But yeah, no pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's 
I don't I don't really know what else to Well like we could probably wrap up here. I think we've covered a lot. I'll just bef- unless unless there's one more any any other things you want to cover. We've probably got like another twenty minutes or so before the battery dies. Well, I um yeah, I just want to get it across that you can do it. Just find the five dollars a week. And before you like the other thing I, I was reading an article in the paper the other day and I really shouldn't because it makes me so like grumpy I guess because I live in it every day but it makes me really grumpy reading about people that are like I'm so poor I'm like oh yep well I used to feel sorry for them yeah until I went to India then I've, I've completely done yeah. a 180 on this stuff because the poverty in India is just on a whole nother level and there's no government assistance of any kind and yet like they managed to do without things i mean my partner's mum when when um she told me the story but they had no power and should be under a street lamp studying yeah can you imagine a kiwi doing that kiwis no. aren't, kiwis aren't well, i mean do i that. would but that's because i think you're somebody exception. else's power i think you're an exception yeah <laughs> Not yeah. my power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think the vast majority of people would not do that. They'd be like, no, I want a handout. It's Government, cool. help me. Yeah. yeah. But I was reading this article in the paper and it made me so mad. I had a winch to my flatmate who doesn't agree. So that just made me even madder. But this lady was like, I I really struggle. I can't make ends meet, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So she, had, she was like, I'm going to be really public about my budget. So that's fine. So she had a rent. She had four kids as well. Um, I understand it's really expensive to raise children. I don't. I don't have a child. I have a dog. Um, I'm. Yeah, I wouldn't have a child right now because it's very expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, they are very expensive. Yeah. So I, I totally get that they cost money. So she had her budget. It was like rent, power, blah blah blah. Then she's like car payment, hundred dollars a week. And to me, I was like, you can get rid of that. Just find an extra five dollars a week, and that cuts off six months or whatever. Like, was that car in finance? Yeah. How much was the car? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. I was just reading. Uh, I the, just read the, the article. Hundred dollars a week on a car is yeah. a lot. And her excuse was, "Oh, well, you know, everyone does it. Just because everyone does it doesn't mean you have to do it." Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most stupidest excuse. Yeah. Everyone does it. I'm like, what? So if everyone jumped out of a plane with no parachute, you'd, would you do? Would it? you do it as yeah. well? So I, um, for, like for me, for example, so clothes shopping, I, I haven't shopped for clothes in a long time. Um, I've, I bought a pair of jeans with a gift card the other day and I think it was the first pair of jeans I bought in four years. Yeah. But I go to clothes swaps. They're, they're everywhere. So you pay $5, you take two bags of clothes, you empty it out and then you can refill it with clothes your size and take them home. I didn't even know about that. Okay. They're everywhere. Okay. There's, um, what's it called? Save Mart, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Save Mart, you can get like a $4 top. Trade Me, I know Trade Me is a dying art, but it's also amazing at the same time. Marketplace? Yep, Marketplace. I got a pair of shoes off Trade Me for $2 the other day, like work shoes. Perfect. I work in a very corporate job, so I have to dress. And the thing is, you don't need, like even if you buy that stuff and you're kind of embarrassed that you bought it secondhand or something, like you don't need to go tell people that, you know, no. like, d- d- who ke- just don't tell people that no, you bought it. Exactly. Me. If, you, if, if you're if you're that worried about people judging you, they so don't, they're not going to know. I for, mean, yeah. For example, the dress I'm wearing today, I got so many compliments. It's an Augustine dress, right? So this yeah. dress will be worth what 150 dollars, probably more than that. Augustine's a famous brand. 
I didn't know that either until today. I'm, um, I'm not up with the play when it comes to brands. So everyone's like, oh my God, that must have cost you a fortune. I literally got this at a clothes swap. It was part of one of the bags of clothes that I picked up. But no one, like, yeah. No one would know. No like, one it's, would know. It's, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I have a leather jacket that I bought for $12 or something four years ago that I wear. It's probably my only jacket. Wow. Yeah. So you just got to look after it. And, like, I will wear – the one thing I had a friend of mine, because I will wear a lot of the same things over and over again because, obviously, I don't, I don't buy new stuff all the time or, at all. And I had a friend of mine um, – no, it was one of the girls I travelled with. So when I went to Europe, I was there for three weeks and I took nine kilos of luggage and that was it because it was in a backpack. So you can imagine I had five pairs of shorts, five tops, a couple of dresses, some shoes. Um, and one of the girls goes, oh, well, don't, like, isn't it going to be weird that your Facebook photos will have the same clothes in? I was yeah. like, I'm um, sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse well, me. Some people, some people care about that stuff. I know. Right? I'm like, I'm not here for the Facebook. <laughs> I actually think New Zealand is actually better than a lot of countries. Yeah, this girl I, was Australian. Yeah, in terms yeah. of judging people based on what they wear. I mean, you walk into Countdown and you'll see people with bare feet in a bathrobe <laughs> buying groceries. <laughs> First time my partner saw that, she's like, oh, my God, what the hell? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, I know some countries are a lot, like, I know Australia. Um, very judgy. Particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. yeah so this girl was from Melbourne. Yeah, well, yeah. That'll, that'll probably be why. There'd be other places as well. New York would probably be, be the same and parts of the UK. and. Uh. But, like, if you go to Thailand, for example, the people there are just amazing. They don't care what they wear. No. They don't buy a top for like a dollar down at the market yeah somewhere along the line i think people i don't know society's kind of gone all weird and it's yeah there's so much of an emphasis on how you look on the outside yeah you know but, what people what the perception is of you rather than what you are on the inside yeah but even, it's not good even when i traveled so people ask me all the time they're like oh how did you afford to travel I'm paying off debt blah 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 blah. so i was in europe for th for 26 days um and my entire trip cost me six thousand eight hundred dollars accommodation food all the activities how much did you say six thousand eight hundred dollars oh yeah that's that's actually really good yeah yeah because i traveled on a budget yeah well that's the thing you got to and do. i knew like in dubai when i went to dubai i went and had um high tea up the burj khalifa i did a helicopter tour of the city i went and did june buggy rides which i got kicked off the june buggy but that's okay i'll tell you that story another time yeah maybe uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i did all these amazing things when i was in greece i saw some of the most amazing places i went on speed boats i went in caves um i you know i did pub crawls i did absolutely everything but you, you, i just did it on a budget well that's the thing i mean there's no way like i mean i could only build this studio because i budgeted for it exactly you know um and i didn't take out a loan or anything to do it i budgeted no, it then you have to pay interest yeah, the only thing that I've ever paid, well, I've never gotten finance on anything. Yeah. Um, I've never overdrafted my credit card or anything. The only thing that I own, which is technically a loan, hey, that rhymes, um, <laughs> is is my house, um, and that's an appreciating that's sort of asset. A yeah, yeah. So, evil. so, so that's that's different. But otherwise, besides from that, nah, uh, just it's all about budgeting and. Like even with a car, if you pay cash, you you probably end up paying less of a price because they'll give it to you for a discount. 
Oh, it's, that's what happened with my Swift. I negotiated yeah. like a thousand bucks off it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, crap, cash straight up. Yeah, yeah. sweet ass. Um, yeah. But yeah, so before the camera runs out, I I just wanted to get, throw a couple of figures at you. Okay, uh, hit me. Where I'm at. Um, so, so far, I have paid over, so since the 11th of December 2016, which is when I start my debt-free date from, um, I've paid a total of $18,181.62 in interest alone. Shit. <laughs> That's a um, lot. So, and then in principle, I've paid $60,092.25. So to date, I've paid $78,273.87 just on debt. I've also paid an additional $23,000 on, $23, on travel in that time. Yeah. Um, and I can give you actually an updated figure because I did my redid my budget yesterday. Left to pay, I all that's left now is $34,185.75. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. So hoping to have that done by Christmas. You will. I'm hoping you will. I'm hoping you will. Um, and then the one thing I get asked all the time is, mm -hmm. what am I going to do once I'm debt free? Uh, the, uh, the short answer is, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, just, just wing it. Yeah. But the one thing I am going to do is all my friends and family and work friends that have supported me along the whole journey. So the ones that haven't just, you know drop me in it or stopped inviting me I'm definitely no. going to take them all out for dinner or lunch or whatever and just somehow show my appreciation oh that's nice yeah, yeah. so that's definitely in the debt free budget cool <laughs> for the next year um <sighs> there's a couple of thank yous I want to publicly give okay yeah can do I it. do that yeah. yeah just do it before we wrap up yep. yeah so um publicly I'd like to thank my mum um, she is the most amazing woman. At, at the age of 48, she changed her career from an industrial chemist to a naturopath. Um, so she's complete idol for me. She supported me along this journey to the point where she makes all my face creams and face wash and stuff like that so I don't have to spend money on it. Well, you got good skin. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so she also is my sounding board... Look, it's not easy. There is times that I hit real lows, um, especially when I can't afford to do things or there, there's just times where it is really hard um, and she is always my first point of call. So I just want to publicly thank my mum, Maxine Steele, um, for that. I also want to publicly thank my accountant at the time. Uh, so her name's Rachel Baum, amazing accountant and business advisor. Um, if she didn't give me the push that I needed, I wouldn't be here. Um, paying it off. I actually saw her at field days uh, and she just couldn't believe, she just absolutely couldn't believe how far along the track I was. Um, but without her advice, I wouldn't have persevered and pushed through. Um, the other thank you is I have some amazing work friends. Um, so Joe Bromby, she donated a whole bunch of clothes to me so that I could look the part at work. Um, Kendra is really good like she's amazing as well she I'm currently house sitting for her so that I have a warm house um Rachel she like all the ladies at work are just amazing Dana Kelly all the girls they like they'll bring in spare food like I got gifted a one of those HelloFresh boxes this week um you know 
they're like, oh, we're going to throw this in the rubbish. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, oh, you're dead. I don't care. <laughs> um, clothes, um, all that kind of stuff. Even it's just helping me through at work because they know that I've got goals that I need to achieve as well. Adele, Pearl, Sharon, um, Sam, all of the girls. And then obviously my friends, my group of friends. So obviously Reese, you, Brenda, um, everyone that's sort of stuck by my side. Uh, there's probably a ton of names that I'm forgetting as well. But th- I just want to publicly thank everybody that has just stuck with me um, and supported me on this journey. It, it hasn't been easy and there's times where you probably want to throw me down the rabbit hole and like, just spend the money, oh my God. Um, but yeah, at, at the same time, I just, I couldn't have done it without the support. And I definitely, you know, it's it takes a village. Um, not only to raise somebody, but it takes a village to get things moving and build an empire. So I agree. Cool. That's well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank no you so worries. much for coming on. This has been good. And no I stress. and I think your story will inspire a lot of people and um, help a lot of people. And yeah, I pray that all listeners and viewers got something out of this. Um, okay, well, that's that's a wrap. Until next time, make sure you follow uh, Tracy. On Instagram is debt free Kiwi girl. Yeah, it's a it's a photo of a pug in a sheep's outfit because I'm like a dog in sheep's clothing. I don't know, <laughs> trying to ah. trying to disguise myself. Um, <laughs> if you have any questions about my journey, about budgeting, anything, just message me on Instagram. I'm I'm always available and I'm always happy to help. Cool. All right. Until next time, guys. See ya.